Let's talk about investing in this state, and God blimey, we could do with all of that. Um, we're talking to uh, the Minister for Trade and Investment, uh, Stephen Patterson, and the Chief Executive Officer of Food SA, uh, Catherine Sayer. Uh, Stephen and Catherine, good afternoon. Welcome to you both. Thanks, Tony. Well, good afternoon, Tony. It's Stephen here. Great to be with you. Uh, I love the fact that, uh, Stephen, you've actually had a job outside of Parliament. Gone are the days we end up with second-rate lawyers and we people who were, you know, uh, worked in a parliamentary office of some kind. You actually had a job before you went into Parliament. Good. Not only that, you even played for bloody Collingwood for about six years, believe it or not. Had you? Gee whiz, somebody played for Collingwood who could, who's got a, a university degree. How did that happen? Uh- <laughs> well, thanks, Tony. That was back in the days when uh, football wasn't professional, so of course you, you really had to. God, um, you must have so been the smartest player at uh, at Victoria Park, Fairdinkham. <laughs> <laughs> I always used to say so, but yeah, we do. I mean, back then we had uh, people had to work, and um, before I went to Collingwood, I played at Norwood, of course. My yeah. coach there was Neil Craig, and he he was always strongly emphasised you. Um, Got to have a, have a career after That's right. Yeah, and he was you a, a better person anyway. So. Yeah, Craigie was hot on that, wasn't he, all those years ago? Who was coaching Absolutely. Collingwood in the six years you were there? So initially I had um, the great Lee Matthews. All right. Uh, and then went on, uh, had Tony Shaw and then finished off with Mick Malthouse. So I had oh, pretty see. influential uh, coaches <laughs> from a football point of view. And each of them, you, know, you learn a lot actually off the coaches, and it was really good in terms of, yeah, build, building character and, um, yeah, learning about resilience. And the like, which is always very important. Yep. Catherine, who did you play for? Uh, in my dreams. <laughs> um, no, I was a hockey player, actually, a hockey Tony. Player. So, right, um, yeah. Good and and uh, I'm too old to have played football, unfortunately. You look at women's <laughs> football these days and how that's uh, emerging oh, so they're strongly. They're good, aren't they, the lady footballers? They really are. And they and, go and for it, too. every year. Yeah, they even pull hair. They they don't muck around here. <laughs> We're talking well, to the... You're right there, Tony. Just quickly, I was at the um, the Bulldogs. They had their girl um, underage presentation for Best and Fairest and... Uh, as usual, you have all the parents there, but a lot of the dads were saying, how good is it that the girls get to, um, you know, do a best and fairest just like the, their sons had been able to do, and the, the girls loved it. They were right into it, and they, their coaches were um, played female football as well, so there's, it's really good for the girls that they've got that opportunity now as well. Yeah, how times have changed. We're talking to the state member for Morford and also the Minister for Trade and Investments, Stephen Patterson, and the boss, the CEO of, uh, of Food SA. That's an important role, uh, Catherine Sayer. Uh, Stephen, tell us about this uh, this two growth state sector plans for uh, both the the food and wine industry and also the health and, and medical industries and the details. For those of us who are not really familiar with it, what's it all about? So if we just go back even to just describe a little bit for your uh, listeners what the growth state is, and it's just about, you know, trying to transform our state and, and focusing on what areas of our economy uh, we, we really have competitive advantage in, not only within Australia, but also looking where do we have advantage in the world because, you know, as we've seen over the last few decades, the world's got smaller and smaller, yeah. especially with the internet, and so our businesses, they need to be able to compete uh, nationally and internationally, but also it just opens up a massive um, c- customer base by looking beyond our state borders to looking to Australia and, and also more importantly internationally. Um, to w- what what can we um, what produce and what services can we offer? Because then that of course means that well, your customer base is more, but it also brings importantly helps to bring investment into our state, uh, and that means companies here in South Australia can grow. They can be competitive. 
uh, with competitors, and, and that means you know fulfilling careers for South Australians, jobs for South Australians, and and also um, helps especially our young talented um, South Australians. They get trained up here. We've got some fantastic tertiary institutions, universities that really are world leading. And what we want is for those. Uh, graduates and those trainees to actually stay here and contribute to the yeah, state because yeah. there's opportunities and so that's you know that's really what the vision around this growth state is to make sure that as a state we're transitioning as well and transforming so as with most things uh, business doesn't stay the same so we've got to look look to the future as well so what what sectors are going to be resilient going forward into the future and so we've identified uh, nine key growth sectors um, what, and, and what are they if I go through them, so you, you mentioned two, which are food, wine, and the agribusiness sector, which is a really established sector, uh, the, the health and medical industries, which we'll talk about. But we've also got some, some ones, um, energy and mining, again, traditional industry there, the defence industry and space industry. So just on Friday, I joined the Premier down at Port Adelaide, where Navala are launching their new headquarters here uh, in, in Adelaide to help with that um, submarine, that big massive shipbuilding program and that was great to see because there were all the employees were there and you could just see um, the growth potential that's there. So the defence industry is important, space industry as well, so really capturing where the transition that's going on in space where it's moving away from being a government-led industry to now actually having the ability to be commercial. So we're looking, we've got in just at the right time, so looking to leverage that that joins up with the high-tech industry, so a lot of the uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning. Uh, we've got some fantastic institutions here, so around Lot 14 um, that, that can take advantage of that. Uh, there's also the creative industry, so looking at you know film and, and gaming as well and, and being able to produce films right here in South Australia. So you've got those organisations like Rising Sun uh, Pictures as an example, so being able to creatively have input into what are you know world world leading films and, and production post production uh, other sectors also are, are tourism and international education as well so they're they're the nine key sectors where we we've got a competitive advantage and where we can actually help uh, grow grow the state and, and that are resilient as well I think no doubt um, all your listeners have heard you know with the coronavirus not only the health challenges that that's presented but also the economic challenges and and the real we've seen that the impact it's had on the economy. The federal treasurer just announced, um, you know, we've we've um, the, the drop in growth uh, only just recently, and, and what the impacts there are. And interestingly, these nine growth sectors have been able to stand up quite well and above that average um, fall. And that just shows what, what the potential is. There's some of them actually still growing despite all those economic challenges. So we're looking how we can support that as a government uh, into the future to help grow those industries. Because we know that's with that future growth will mean careers and jobs for South Australians. Uh, Minister, we'll come back in a moment or so and we'll talk about the health and uh, medical industry sector, an important sector. Uh, Catherine, the um, uh, the area of your concern, of course, as uh, Chief Executive Officer of uh, Food SA, I mean, uh, just tell us, the um, one of our, our best-known areas of strength, the food, wine and agribusiness, what are, the, what are some of the important things that are going on in the sector as of right now? Well, there's, there's lots of things going on, actually, Tony. Um, a lot, a lot of things have changed over the year, year in terms of when COVID hit, what happened, um, 
restaurants, cafes, etc., all closed down. All of our um, industry that supply those areas immediately turned their business around and went to online sales through through their customers. And so online, which was basically very minimal, suddenly became a really big thing in, in March and has followed through. The other the other really important thing was our industry didn't stop, and so. Uh, in terms of supplying retail, uh, certainly there were some glitches around the toilet paper fiasco, but really our business, our industry really ramped up and has supplied the retail sector across the whole country to keep people fed. So there were lots of things that changed. Catherine, the, um, the Chinese, of course, the, uh, the intended or the, or the threatened tariff on, uh, on wine, what has that done to the confidence in the industry as of right now? organisation focuses on food and beverage. Wine is a different um, group and association, but we do work very closely with the wine sector. And yeah. I think, you know, they're working really diligently to um, to move forward so that uh, our industry isn't disadvantaged. And, uh, you know, it's a very, very important sector to South Australia. Yeah. COVID's been a, an unprecedented year for the industries. Uh, what, what have been some of the, the biggest challenges, Catherine, the industry has faced? I mean, certainly when, when your customer base disappears overnight, yeah. you sort of think pretty hard and fast about how you're going to do things. That's, and a, that's, that's a hell of online. a challenge, isn't it? Eh? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. The online uh, stuff really became quite prominent um, and would connect with consumers. I think the other challenge we've had, of course, is we, we would normally travel overseas to trade shows and trade activities. Oh, um, yeah, right. And, of course, we're not able to do that. So you've got to be really adaptable and, and think about, well, instead of actually going to meet a customer, how else do you do that? You do it online. And there's a whole lot of new work that's going on that means you don't actually have to jump on a plane every time you need to meet customers, albeit it is a short-term solution because the whole business world is about relationships. So you've got to be in front of people. But equally, the virtual piece is so important. You've got a question, by all means, give us a ring. You're welcome to put the question to either of our guests. It's uh, 18 minutes to two. Uh, Minister, the um, the health and medical industry sector, um, uh, what's it worth to the economy? How many people does it employ? And does this uh, this include research? Yeah, the, the industry itself is very... The health and medical industry is very important for South Australia. It currently employs 24,000 people. As many as that, 24,000? You could win money and, and, on that. It, it, it's a substantial sector, so it's one of those that maybe people don't jump front of mind, but it's, it's worth $2.3 billion to our economy. Wow. And, and there's a lot of opportunity um, there in, in that industry because of, again, taking advantage of our knowledge-based economy. I talked before about talented, uh, some talented individuals that, um, that the universities and research sectors here in South Australia produce. Well, this is one area of the economy where we can create advantage and consolidate into into the economy and grow. The plan itself looks to more than double the sector um, by 2030, so it's got a 10-year horizon uh, and looking for it to grow to $5 billion by the end of that uh, year 2030. Gee, it's a lot of dough. It's a big injection of money into the local economy. You talked uh, before, Minister, about international education. I would imagine that it's suffering at the moment simply because of the lack of overseas students that are arriving as they normally would at this time of the year. Well, it is. It is a challenge. And only at the start of the year it actually became one of the most important uh, export sectors for our economy. So previously wine was the leader and international education was able to, to nudge ahead of that being worth over $2.15 billion to the state's economy. And thankfully, a large majority of the students, there's 44,000 
roughly students that are in our education system, mostly in the tertiary, but some also in the secondary sector, a lot of them were able to come. They were already in the country um, before the international travel restrictions uh, finished. However, there were still over 6,900 students still wanting to come back. And thankfully, uh, the universities especially have worked really hard to provide an online education platform for them, which has enabled them to continue their education. Uh, The state government uh, was one of the first governments that launched its international student support package. That was uh, a significant package, uh, $13.8 million, which was then also joined by the university sector as well. They put in um, tens of millions of dollars upwards to support those students that were here that uh, previously might have um, done some work on, uh, on a part-time basis that, that wasn't there and, and to help them through that. And so um, they've been able to get through and, and, and ramp up because of the great work by the university. The universities, because of our fantastic health response here by all South Australians, uh, to be able to overcome uh, the coronavirus and some of the restrictions uh, has enabled that face-to-face learning that then opens up the possibility for these international students to return. Uh, so we're working towards that. They, they really add to the culture and vibrancy of Adelaide. They also help support some of our other sectors as well. So you'll see quite a lot of the buildings going up in the CBD. Um, to some extent, that's because we've got uh, the international student sector is so strong here. It provides accommodation, but also um, families want to come and visit their, their children as well. And so that helps many other sectors as well. So it's really important for our for our economy. Um, some of those students, they, they because they've had such a great experience here, they stay on, they set up businesses and help employ uh, South Australians as well. So it's really important uh, sector for us. Uh, we're working to try and um, show the um, run a pilot system, um, show that students can safely um, come back to South Australia. They, of course, have to quarantine, uh, pay for their quarantine, pay for their flights. Uh, but we're really hopeful that can then occur. Of course, uh, we do need to make sure that uh, Australians wanting to return home to South Australia and Australia more generally are prioritised. And so, of course, while there's so many Australians uh, still abroad, um, they do have to get the first priority. But we're really hopeful a lot of these students that are, that are still abroad, they're in their final uh, third or fourth year of their degree. They've really contributed, as I said, a lot to the to the culture and to the vibrancy of, of Australia and, and they need to return to um, do some real practical work. So in the case of uh, doctors and students doing their medical pracs, which can only be done face-to-face. So um, we're really keen, if possible, for, for them to return and that then um, shows that uh, it builds on the great health response that we've had here in South Australia and shows to those international um, students and, and potential enrolments with um, still maintains very high levels of enrolments here in South Australia because we've got a great reputation across the world of, of our fantastic health response in addition with just the learning experience that you get here, that's making its way back to those in key international markets and, and so we're really hopeful of course once we can get Australians repatriated, we've proved that we can safely um, have Australians return, um, whether that be from India or other countries and quarantine here in South Australia. We've got the, the Medi hotels in place. Uh, so we're just desperately trying to um, find and, and repatriate Australians that then that allows um, 
the, the international student sector to um, get back online as well. Our guests uh, this afternoon, the Minister for Trade and Investment, uh, Stephen Patterson, and the Chief Executive Officer of Food SA. You've got a question for either uh, Stephen or for Catherine, by all means, you're welcome to give us a ring or send us a text or an email. It's uh, just on 11 minutes to, to 2 o'clock now. Port Adelaide Royalty. Treadray with the leap. Oh, he's oh, he's done it. Warren Treadray joins the 5AA Sports Show. Tuesdays from 5pm. Thanks to Buy Urban Bathrooms and Kitchens. Whatever you want, whatever you need. They'll create your imagination. Values. We all hold them, care about them. Some drive us, some inspire us, and they can say a lot about us. At Blackwell Funerals, we understand them and care about them too. Because every day we're privileged to help families treasure them, honour them, and remember them in those they love. Blackwell Funerals. Celebrating the values you treasure most. Visit blackwellfunerals.com.au Want the biggest brands at the lowest prices? Then head to Chemist Warehouse today and save on big brand beauty like Chloran Detox Dry Shampoo 150ml, 9.39. Get that lasting look with Rimmel Lasting Finish 25-hour foundation range, 10.99. Find Dermavine Carmex Moisturizer, also free wash, 15.39. And get half price off the Sukin Hair and Skin Care range. Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. Now, here's some good news. A fully monitored CareAlert smart dialer can still be yours absolutely free through the South Australian Rebate Scheme. Yes, there are some criteria that apply, but the simple process involved is well worth the effort. CareAlert will help you with whatever needs doing to ensure you have the 24-7 protection you need while home alone. Give CareAlert a call. 1300 75 85 95 or visit carealert.com.au Dave Potter Potter Honda has some great spring deals you just can't miss. For a limited time and exclusive to Dave Potter Honda, get free five years roadside assist along with Honda's five-year unlimited kilometre warranty on every new car. This includes the 2021 CRV and HRV plus the new Civic sedan and hatch. And there's over 300 new demo and used cars in stock. Best of all, you can test drive them today. Only at Australia's number one, Dave Potter Honda. The Adelaide Four-Wheel Drive and Adventure Show and the Club Marine SA Boat and Fishing Show is on. All the gear for your next adventure. Caravans, camper trailers, camping, boats and fishing gear. Latest model four-wheel drive and accessories. Caravan advice at the new Jayco Caravan Information Stage. Special guests on the Inglebush Camp Stage. Plus, enter to win a Cub Camper trailer thanks to Dave Benson Caravans. The four-wheel drive and adventure show plus Club Marine SA Boat and Fishing Show this Friday, Saturday and Sunday at Adelaide Showground. Get your tickets online. With COVID-19 to worry about, some things may have been forgotten. Like your free bowel screening test kit. Does testing really make a difference? It does. If found early, over 90% of bowel cancers can be successfully treated. Yes, I was sent one. Should I still do it? If you're age 50 to 74, do the free test today. With more time at home, it's never been easier. For more information, visit cancer.org.au. Bowel screening saves lives, so put it on top of your to-do list. In tough times, it's the simple things that make a big difference. Like $15 schnitzel days at the Albion, Birkenhead Tavern and the Excelsior. We know the humble schnitty can't fix all our problems, but we do know it'll put a smile on your dial. $15 schnitty. Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays at the Albion, the Birkenhead Tavern and the Excelsior. Trying to make the world a better place, one schnitty at a time.
Got to start somewhere. You just know it's a Barrow Hotel. Scrape your caravan, Walker Crash Repairs, an RAA-approved caravan crash repairer. This is Tony Pilkington. It's uh, nearly seven minutes to two. After two o'clock, our vet, Dr Derek, will be here. So, I don't know if your cat's about to croak it, your, your dog's delirious, or your, your parrot's paranoid, and you've got a concern about your, uh, your, your, your pet, and there's always concerns about the little darlings. Give us a ring after two o'clock, and you put the question direct to uh, the man himself, Dr. Derek McNair. And apparently, you don't give cats uh, a panadol. Please, no more calls on that. I know I might have made a mistake. <laughs> I've got to apologise to the bloke at Cider Wellington Hotel. God, blow me. We're talking right now. This is an important, important aspect. The Minister for Trade and Investment, Stephen Patterson, and the Chief Executive Officer of uh, uh, Food SA. Minister, you were talking just a moment or so ago about overseas students. Uh, Emily says, uh, uh, should we be concentrating on perhaps going after um, eligible students uh, from places like uh, India and Malaysia and perhaps even certain parts of Europe because uh, it would seem, according to Emily, that the, uh, the Chinese influx of overseas students seems to have uh, disappeared for the time being. Well, certainly, Tony, India is a very important market. In fact, we've, it's been showing some really um, high growth. Uh, recently, I think they were around 7,000, uh, and that's in over a year has grown to upwards of 9,000 as well. So there's certainly a lot of interest from India. I think um, they traditionally look to the UK uh, for their education, but now there's more and more compelling reasons to come to uh, South Australia and to our great universities. And so definitely there's some um, interesting uh, countries there, even from South Africa. I was just at the awards ceremony that Study Adelaide ran for their international students, and there was awards given to students from Colombia and Brazil. So, so countries you wouldn't traditionally think of as looking to Australia for oh, and South okay. Australia for their education are finding um, are finding you know really good research opportunities here, and, and they're helping. Uh, you know, the international education sector very strongly. OK, it's uh, Catherine as the Chief Executive Officer of Food SA. I mean, COVID-19 has been an unprecedented year for all sorts of industries. What's been the biggest challenge? And there's certainly been a few of them for the for the food and, food and wine sector. And uh, and uh, how has the sector adapted to it, to the COVID-19 thing? Well, everyone had to look at their business very quickly, Tony, and... and um one of the things that happened, of course, is the whole online sales, direct-to-consumer and, and the venues and restaurants, etc., who sold direct-to-consumers ready-made meals, etc. But it's also been a bit of a time of reflection for the industry and some of the trends that are coming through that we're seeing um, are around healthfulness and clean labels, you know, low sugar, low fat, no additives, traceability, all those sorts of things. So it's been a really interesting opportunity to really take note of what consumers are looking for and I think our industry is really rising to that challenge to understand that the you know what the consumers want what the market wants and and we we need to adapt and provide them what they want yeah there's some so many challenges out there I suppose some sectors some individuals some companies are handling it better than other um, minister what are the next steps what's what's immediately on the horizon for uh, all sorts of things for um, for not only the food and wine and agri business but the health and medical industries and and the details I mean what are the next steps that the government can initiate to kind of get the whole thing back online well, certainly we're looking now, um, working with industry, because importantly, these plans, the plans have been uh, produced by industry and yeah. therefore industry. So that, that really is, there's a lot of listening going on now. It's trying to 
uh, work in through government. How can we support industry to continue to grow and facilitate uh, initiatives that will help drive these collaborations? So for the health and medical industry uh, point of view, some of the key enablers we're looking at setting up is an industry connectivity initiative, which will provide one coordinated voice um, for, for those for that health and medical industry. Also looking at some clinical trials, trying to uh, make a more streamlined environment. Um, so we're creating a South Australian health clinical trials portal. So that'll be important as well to try and even do trials um, through not only in Australia, but joint trials into other countries, because that then opens up export opportunities further down the track. Uh, and finally, just from the health and medical industry's point of view, looking at uh, the ageing well and care sector. So these, we're looking at leveraging opportunities, especially NDIS. And importantly, um, Tony, we talked about those growth date plans. You would have, with interest, listened to the recent federal gov uh, budget. And, and really what was quite um, a, a real vote of confidence in where we're going with growth date is that a lot of the focus, from uh, especially with some of the manufacturing funding that's going on, really um, points to those key sectors that I mentioned before, such as the high tech, the defence, the space, uh, the health and medical industries, and and the food, wine, and agribusiness as well. So there, we're really lining up with not only um, what we've identified as a state, but where the country's going as well. And I think that'll augur well for the future of South Australia. Uh, Minister, finally, if somebody wanted to go online, what's the website that the people can go to and get some more information, especially people involved in these industries you were talking about? Oh, absolutely. If, if your listeners visit growthstate.sa.gov.au, they can certainly learn more about what's happening. Uh, they can read those sector plans in detail and also help contribute. You know, we already um, have the imminent um, release of the final uh, five sector plans, trying to get them out as soon as possible, because we really want to hit the ground running and, and do the work to actually uh, crystallise uh, these plans and actually start creating um, you know, businesses that, that grow and, and from that help to grow the jobs and the careers here in South Australia. So that's growthstate.sa.gov.au. All right. Uh, Minister, thanks for the time this afternoon. Catherine, nice to have spoken to you. Good luck with the initiative. You've got a lot of work ahead of you, especially with the way COVID's going at the moment. We thank you for the time and and good luck with the project. Thanks, Tony. That's uh, Catherine Sayer, the Chief Executive Officer of Food SA and the Minister for uh, Trade and Investment, uh, Minister Stephen Patterson.